Good morning, everyone. Special tipping of the hat today to all the fathers out there. We hope that this is a splendid day for you as you're celebrated uh, by your family. So thanks for joining us today. We have just one verse to consider uh, this morning, and it's the uh, seventh beatitude. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Now, just take careful note of the words as we begin. God blesses those who work for peace. Those who are peacemakers, those who strive on this earth to make this a peaceful place to live, whether that be one-on-one relationships or our families or our country or our world. Yes, those who work for peace, peacemakers. So if you're a peacemaker, you will be called a son of God or a child of God. Uh, can you think of anything better to be called than, than children of God or the son, one of the sons of God or one of God's daughters? Bible says that we're the apple of his eye. Now, don't think of that as a shiny little apple. Think of the pupil of your eye, the most vulnerable part of the body. It's the tenderest part. It's the most sensitive part. You protect it when everything comes toward your eyes, you shield it. And God feels that way about his children. You touch one of his children and you stuck your finger in his eye. And when we die, this truth becomes the most wonderful thing of all. Psalm 116 verse 15 says that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his children. We're his children. What an awesome, awesome honor. But working for peace is our, is our real theme this morning. That's our focus. Now, As I just sat back and contemplated that sentence, I felt like the guy who jumped on a horse and rode off in all directions. It's such a broad theme, being a peacemaker. Uh, We could take so many routes, so many different directions in talking about being a peacemaker. Uh, We're overlooking the North Saskatchewan River behind me, a river that in some sense uh, stands for peace, especially when we look back upon the settlement of this area. Fort Edmonton was built in the 1840s, and if you read some of the history, you can appreciate the early beginnings of trade that took place between the Cree Nation and other First Nations at Fort Edmonton. There was cooperation and much goodwill that was established back in those days, and the river was a source of peace and goodwill. Makers of peace. Well, on this day, you could think as of, a, of a father or a, as a peacemaker, or you could think as a, of a mother, or sometimes maybe even the kids, of course, could be the peacemakers. Uh, and you could think of Jesus being a peacemaker. Immediately, I thought of the United Nations with the mandate to be an organization that helps or, or helps keep the peace the world over. And I thought of our country, which seems to play such a delicate role of being a peacemaker, or as we say it, a peacekeeper in many hot spots in the world. Do you know why the United Nations has such an overwhelming role in the world? Really, the United Nations is just an extension of us. The hearts of global humanity is represented in the United Nations. But they're not any different hearts than you and I. Can world peace be solved at a global level? Well, probably not, because global peace depends on the peace that's within the hearts of leaders and people the world over. And many hearts are prone to self-promotion rather than promotion of others. 
if you're reading in the New International Version, the wording is similar. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Every time we tag one of these bases, Jesus says, you're blessed. You're blessed. What does it mean? It's the Greek word makarios. It's the sense of being comfortable in your heart, healthy, being well in your soul. It's well with my soul. There was a man named Alfred who lived at the beginning of the 20th century in in the early 1900s, and he was an incredible scientist. He's noted for his invention of explosives, particularly dynamite. He saw the great challenge of building roads through mountains, and he thought there must be a better way than the pick and the shovel. Well, he invented dynamite, and, and construction companies were quite welcoming of dynamite because it made their job a whole lot easier. However, the military realized the significance of what he had accomplished, and they wanted in on it. Alfred made a lot of money uh, selling his product to the military. As he went through his life and came to the, the senior years of his life, he looked back over his earthly journey. And although grateful for his accomplishments, he actually felt some remorse that, that what he had intended for good was now being used to deliver new and improved forms of warfare, uh, resulting in much greater death and destruction. Uh, was that how he wanted to be rem- remembered? Uh, so Alfred rewrote his will, and he used the great fortune that he had amassed to establish a series of international awards to be given each year to scientists, thinkers, and leaders who had made a remarkable contribution to the betterment of humankind. Well, you've already guessed uh, his last name, Noble. Alfred Noble, the most uh, famous prize handed out in his name on an annual basis is the Nobel Peace Prize. It's a very prestigious honor to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, some of the names that we recognize that have received the award are uh, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa. Uh, and the youngest man to ever receive the Nobel Peace Prize was Martin Luther King Jr., on August the 14th, 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. became the youngest winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, which was granted uh, by his continued work leading a nonviolent resistance uh, to racial prejudice in the United States. And while it may have seemed like a moment of celebration, Martin Luther King questioned the honor, feeling that the movement had not yet received the peace that they sought to achieve. After contemplation, he said, I conclude that this award, which I receive on behalf of that movement, is a profound recognition that nonviolence is the answer to the crucial political and moral question of our time, the need for man to overcome oppression and violence without resorting to violence and oppression, stated King. Uh, Later adding, he said, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daylight of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. He said, I accept the Nobel Peace Prize at a moment when 22 million of our people of the United States of America are engaged in a creative battle to end the long night of racial injustice. Uh, those were King's words in Oslo when he accepted the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, if Martin Luther King Jr. were with us today, I'm sure he would shake his head and say, after all these years, uh, did I make a difference? Will it ever change? And we would assure him that he did make a difference, that everything he stood for and everything he fought for was absolutely worth it. I think he would rehearse his speech yet again. 
I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that uh, peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I think he would be heartened that through the struggles and the pain of the last few weeks in the United States, in Canada and around the world, that we're finally getting it, that black lives matter. Uh, you know, years ago, our own Prime Minister Lester Beer Pearson won the Nobel Peace Prize in, in 1957 for his peacekeeping plan during the Suez Cal, uh, Canal crisis. And later he wrote, uh, in 1969, uh, in, a, in, a, in a document, he said, there's no greater threat to humanity, no greater danger to peace than that from, that, that for two thirds of mankind are hungry, disillusioned, and absolutely desperate. He wrote, Wretchedness and poverty in one part of the world with the conflict and desperate hopelessness it creates is bound to affect stability and progress in all other parts. So uh, let's just tag this verse, uh, this uh, verse uh, 9, and, and try to understand what Jesus is telling us. I just want to come at it from a couple of angles here with the prayer that God would make his heart known to us again in the area of knowing the blessing of God through being uh, a peacemaker. First of all, clarity on the blessing. Let's just have clarity on the blessing. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. Do you notice again that the blessing comes to us as we respond on a horizontal level? Sometimes the Beatitudes are our relationship to God, vertical. And sometimes the blessings come as we relate to one another on a horizontal level. This one is horizontal. Make sure you see that as the blessing which comes to our hearts as we work for peace. This one is horizontal. The, the emphasis is on the verb make. The Greek word for peacemakers means the founders of peace. Blessed are the founders of peace. You're blessed when you work to find peace in your relationship. So this is where the blessing comes, when you, when you actually work for peace. Uh, you know, there was a perfect peace at the very beginning of creation. It didn't last very long, but God is working towards the restoration of what was lost in the fall. And we are to work to restore this peace, although the true challenge of this conflicted world absolutely overwhelms everyone. But God is looking for a special people in this world whom he calls peacemakers. Who are these peacemakers? They're agents of peace in the world, and they offer to the world something that is very real, very authentic, very eternal. I mean, to me, this is quite astounding. Actually, very awesome, very beautiful that God has promised to bless people who are his agents for peace and even to call them children of God. I think we all say, well, to be a peacemaker in our world has got to be the toughest thing imaginable. Uh, who can be a peacemaker in our world? So it's important to clarify the blessing. In this case, Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peaceful, because they will be strong and steady and sleep well. Uh, no, he, he didn't say, blessed are the peaceable, 
those who are kind of easygoing and shrug off our worries and nothing bothers her or him. So just relax. And he didn't say, blessed are the peace loving, for they stay out of trouble. We want everyone to get along, but there's more to making peace than avoiding conflict. Now, this word peacemaking is an active word. It implies intervention, initiative, and risk. So let me ask you, where does that li- this word fit in your life these days? In what arena are you working peace these days? In what part of your life or maybe your family, maybe your community, maybe your place of employment, uh, are you an agent for peace? If you are active in intervention, then you're a peacemaker. What does it look like to be a peacemaker? Uh, just let me give you some observations in no particular order, and I just hope you can find some application here. Number one, peacemakers relieve the tension in the room rather than increase it. They don't add fuel to the fire. Peacemakers are always diffusing. They diffuse. They diffuse. And uh, secondly, peacemakers look for solutions, not arguments or endless debate, but how will we be able to fix this? What are the steps we need to take to make it better and not worse? The problem has escalated, but how do we tackle this problem? Thirdly, peacemakers calm the troubled waters. They understand how to move from turbulence to some sort of peace. We had a man in our congregation years ago that was our moderator, and he had an enormous gift to calm ruffled feathers. You just knew that when he got up in front uh, to moderate a, a business meeting that the tension of different points of view would, would ease. <laughs> he was an active peacemaker. It was such a gift for him. Fourth, peacemakers are proactive in the fact that they understand what, what will offend and they read the situation and they keep an offense from occurring because they're aware. Peacemakers slow the pace They generate more light than heat. And sometimes it's just in the way we say it. Sometimes it is a, it's a posture of calmness, willing to talk being before breaking the relationship. And so peacemakers lower the voice. They lower their voice rather than raise their voice. Low to de-escalate, high to escalate. Uh, And how does Solomon say it? A gentle answer turns away a wrath, but a harsh word store, stirs up anger, Proverbs 15, 11. Uh, fifth, peacemakers don't offer peace at any price. There are limits. Uh, cheap peace, you've heard of cheap grace. Cheap peace is when you're, you're trying to keep a relationship alive and healthy, but the other person nods in their head but they not really are they're not really serious about making the changes that are necessary so it kind of looks like peace but you don't know and uh, it, it's not peace at any price churches uh, are to dwell together in unity but if there's a wrong doctrine that's being forced into the congregation it isn't wisdom to accept the false doctrine in order to maintain the peace So it's not peace at any price, 
Biblical peacemakers are not quiet, easygoing people who just don't want to make waves. No, but when they do have to make waves, it comes from a heart of love, it comes from a heart of truth, and a heart of really wanting to fix the problem to be the solution to the problem. Clarity on the blessing. This is a blessing that comes from God to the one who works for peace. And each of us are involved in our world where conflicts abound. Secondly, I'd like you to meet the real peacemaker. You know him. You know him well. His name is Jesus. It always helps to have a a model to look to, regardless of what we're trying to learn. If you're trying to learn to uh, golf better, we can appreciate that we might learn a lot by observing a very good golfer or a professional golfer. How do you learn to be a peacemaker? Take a, a look at the one who did it so well, Jesus our Lord. The word peace is a word that's used many times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We always teach in our Hearing God seminar that when you're hearing from God, there's a real sense of peace in your heart. He gives a wonderful peace because he's the God of peace. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. God is the God of peace. It's, it's that peace again that Paul refers to in Romans chapter 15. And now may God who gave his peace be with you all. Don't forget 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. I was reading the story uh, the other day of how a little four-year-old was in the midst uh, of his mom and dad who were fighting with one another. And it was so disturbing to the little four-year-old. And his parents had raised, raised their voices. And the words coming out of their mouths were not good words. And this little four-year-old was filled with tears. And he took his father's hand. And then he took his mother's hand. And he kept pulling them together until he pulled their two hands together. He became a peacemaker. And uh, that's what Jesus does for us. He takes our hand and he moves us in the direction of taking the hand of God. And he puts our hand in the hand of God, so to speak, uh, so that there's a peace in our hearts. And of course, he did that by going to the cross for us and dying on the cross. He brought us peace. He's our peacemaker. He helps us find our peace with God. Well, from a very practical day-to-day ministry, we have much to learn from Jesus about peacemaking. Uh, I think the first thing I would be reminded uh, of today is that he was aware of people around him. He saw their needs. He reached out to them. There was just an awareness. Uh, peacemaking comes out of awareness. Asking the question, what's going on here? What's really happening? Why the silent treatment? One daughter I used to say of her parent, oh, she's in the deep freeze again. Uh, she's not talking these days. And, and, and so, you know, the mom just didn't have an awareness of her uh, silence and her frozenness and her non-communicative state. Secondly, Jesus was continually engaging people. Remember the man called Zac- Zacchaeus? Uh, and Jesus stopped at the base of that tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down for I want to spend some time with you today. He was engaging people valuing people. Wow. You want to spend time at my house today, Jesus? People love it when you want to spend time at their house. 
when you want to spend time with them. You care about them that much. That's peacemaking. He was always breaking down the barriers. Look at how he brought down the barriers with the Samaritan woman. Uh, he was engaging her and engaging her. And before long, she was believing in him. Thirdly, Jesus was concerned to meet the needs of people. There was always a need that he was responding to. Feeding the 5,000. 5,000 hungry people. Comforting Mary and Martha as he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was always making peace. Sometimes, you know, providing food is making peace. Sometimes providing food is making peace. Breaking down the barriers. Getting people on the same page. Friends, when you stop to care, uh, when you stop to, to pray, when you, you, you become an agent of peace. Well, finally, steps towards peacemaking. There are three essential steps. Well, there's probably a whole lot more, but I want to give you three essential steps for any one of us to know how to be a peacemaker in this world. First of all, start with ourselves. We always start right where we're at. I can't tell you to be a peacemaker until, first of all, I'm at peace with God personally. Do you have the peace of God in your life? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. <clears throat> Romans 5, uh, verse 12. So, yes, start right there by inviting the author of peace into your life. His presence and his gift of peace totally brings a whole new perspective to living. Uh, you might know that the word uh, for peace in Hebrew is shalom. Yeah, it, means, it simply means peace, but it means a sense of, uh, of well-being. Such an important word because it means wholeness and wellness. And when we come to know Jesus in a personal, very relational way, we experience shalom, the peace of God filling our hearts and making us well again. The peace of God is so healing, it's a very important first place to start in being a peacemaker. And if that's your first step, then invite Jesus to bring his peace to your life. Ask him to be the peacemaker in your life and to grant you his peace. Second thing that's so important is to help others find God's peace. Help others find God's peace. When you help someone else find their way to God through Jesus Christ, you help them find peace. There's no nothing greater in this world than to be instruments of sharing the good news of peace. Wherever you go, remember the privilege that's been given to you, the privilege of sharing Jesus. You don't have to be a well-oiled machine to tell others of Jesus. Just tell them where you get your peace. Tell them where you get your serenity of heart, and they will be for thirsty for the same peace. And then the final thing is to help people build bridges with others. Help people build bridges with others. I saw a quote on Facebook this week, which I, I shared. I don't know the source, <clears throat> but the words are profound. Let me give them to you. Peacemaking doesn't mean passivity. It's the act of interrupting injustice without mirroring injustice. It's the act of disarming evil without destroying the evildoer. 
It's the act of finding a third way that is neither fight nor flight, but the careful pursuit of reconciliation and justice. It's about a revolution of love that's big enough to set both the oppressed and the oppressors free. Friends, look for a third way. Look for a third way to pursue reconciliation and justice. It's not fight and it's not flight, but it's a careful respect for one another, whatever that might be. It might be fair wages. It might be equal opportunity. It might be being resourceful to those who are new to Canada. It's coming alongside both rich and poor. Coming alongside educated or not educated. Coming alongside of all of humanity, regardless of the color of our skin. How can you be a peacemaker this week? Keep your head up. Keep your heart tuned. Keep your values before yourself. Ask God for wisdom to be the best peacemaker you can possibly be. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, what a word you gave to us on the Mount of Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, Lord, we want to be peacemakers in a world that's reeling these days. Uh, our, Our hearts and minds have been overwhelmed in these last few weeks, Lord. And Lord, uh, there, there is such a need for all of us to put on the garment of peacemaking. So touch our broken heart and world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.